Monster Mallards are back on the shelves again, and that can only mean one thing. Spooky season is fast approaching, and it's time for some spooky tales. So sit back, turn the lights off, and prepare yourself for some hilarious ghost stories. This is Paranormal Hotline. My name's Kaylee, and I'm joined by my co-ghost, Oshin. Hello. How you doing, Oshin? Anything paranormal this week? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. Um, anything paranormal? Mm, probably not paranormal by, like standards but it was odd and i'm pretty sure anyone with experience would tell me that's completely normal so we were walking the dog and it, it, it's getting late you know yeah uh, and it's getting darker earlier in the day as well it was so late by the time we were finished the walk and coming back to the house uh, it, it was pitch black and the dog got very confused because it didn't think it was at home kind so like every time we, we we go up the lane to the house. The dog does like its little ritual in the garden sort of thing. Yeah. It does a tumble. It does this and that. The dog still thought it was out on, on the on the road on a walk. Aw, poor dog. You'd think he'd smell something though. Dogs are normally like smelly animals, aren't they? Yeah, I, I don't know. She was kind of phased by the whole road situation in the dark, I think. Nighttime. You know, the cars with their lights on is a different sort of vibe. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So Halloween is fast approaching and nothing says Halloween quite like a bit of spooky mischief making, which this week's episode is going to be full of. After this week's episode, Ushin, you can take your skeptic's hat and just throw it into the fire. This is the most real ghost that has ever walked the afterlife. I cannot wait to share this story with you. Uh, it's left on the shelf. I'm not even looking at it. <laughs> so today on the podcast, we're going to be covering one of my favorite ghost stories from Ireland. And I know we're covering a ton of stuff from Ireland lately, but that won't always be the case. I just had to share this story for anyone who hasn't heard it before. So as you know, Oisin, I love reading old books with ghost stories. The older, the yes. better, really. And I first read this story in a book called True Irish Ghost Stories, which was originally written in 1914 by John D. Seymour and Harry L. Nelligan. Some names. It's older than the Free State. It is actually, yeah, that's true. So the ghost story would have taken part in not the Free State. <laughs> mm. I love it and I'm sure you're going to love it too. This is a story about a ghost somewhere in the region of St. Stephen's Green in Dublin. Okay, very good. The house is still unknown. We don't know which house it is in Stephen's Green. And the family that happened to is unknown. They're only referred to as the A family, but they were a very well-off family, so they didn't really want their name associated with the ghost story. So from now on, there's kind of Mr. and Mrs. A pretty much for the rest the of the A's. story. Yeah, but that's not their names. That's just... It was kind of like redacted. It was like A line. Yeah, <laughs> you get it in a lot of the reports from like... I imagine the house is probably worth a fortune now because Stevens Green is very expensive to buy a house in. That is prime real estate. <laughs> yeah, it really is. So the story begins shortly after the A family moved into the property. Mr. A, the father of the family, hurt his knee badly in an accident and had to use a crutch to get around while it was still healing. So at night, he would place the crutch at the head of his bed. And one night when Mrs. A was woken up by a sound coming from outside of her room, she could hear the bang, bang bang of a crutch being walked around in the lobby downstairs and she assumed Mr. A had gotten up out of bed. When she reached across, he was asleep next to her. So oh. she struck a match and lit a candle to check if the crutch was still at the end of the bed. And lo and behold, it was. What she was hearing was a ghost mocking Mr. A by pretending to use a crutch, <laughs> kind of making the noise of a crutch going around. But this is the first appearance of the poltergeist. The poltergeist that would plague the family for years to come. And the family decided to start calling the ghost Corny. Now, Corny wasn't a quiet ghost. In fact, Corny rarely ever kept quiet. He would often complain that his name wasn't Corny, but the family didn't seem to care and continued to use his name anyway. 
So much so that his actual name is no longer remembered, or it wasn't recorded <laughs> or anything. He's just known as Corny. I'm sorry, but they're putting themselves in the way of this one now. <laughs> what do you mean? By bullying him back? Okay, no, no. So if if all this, like, you know, one poltergeist bothering a family. Yeah. It's like, they're bothering him too. Well, they just called him Corny because they didn't know what his name originally was. And then he was like, hey, that's not my name. And they were like, nah, you're Corny now, you know? <laughs> you called me by the wrong name. I'm going to bother you now. And then... Well, he was bothering them anyway. He was, or he was yeah, mocking a man with crutches, so... Bad form. <laughs> Corny didn't just speak to the family like a normal person, though. Uh, they could only hear Corny's voice coming through the coal cellar that was off the kitchen area. So his voice... <laughs> kind of sounded like it was coming through a barrel is how they described it so that must i assume that must mean there was like an echo to it or something that's i assume that's what a barrel would do there's kind of like a distant echo or something but it always came from the coal cellar next to the kitchen which is bizarre to me (laughs) corny was a bit of a bastard to be honest and he loved playing practical jokes especially on the servants in the house who were particularly terrified of corny one day a servant was preparing fish for dinner so she laid it on the kitchen table and turned away for a moment to prepare something else. And when she turned back, the fish had disappeared. So she starts bawling, crying, like wailing, crying, falling on the floor. Because if the fish goes missing, she can be accused of stealing it. Like that's a big mm. deal back then. Like stealing stuff yep. is like, you know, you can get like proper prison time for that. And no one's going to believe the ghost stole it. Like, <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, you'd be out, out of a house had you lost your job. Yeah, exactly. Uh, So she starts wailing when suddenly the coal cellar door slams open and she hears Corny say, There you go, you blubbering fool. Is your fish for you? And he throws it onto the floor, (laughs) just slaps onto the kitchen floor. (laughs) Corny's a bastard. (laughs) He really terrorized the poor poor kitchen staff, man. It's like, sometimes you hear him being like an inconvenience. No, he's like, he's out for... Oh, he's a proper torment, like... (laughs) But he's having fun, I guess. He's having fun. <laughs> That's all that matters, right? So you think you still I've think had it's bad? My fun. You still think it's bad that they don't call him by his real name? <laughs> nah, he has a comment. Yeah, exactly. I'd have worse. Hard to call. <laughs> uh, he loved playing jokes on the servants, uh, but they didn't find it funny at all. Like they were terrified of Corny. Like, and he talked to them quite often. They were just really, really scared of him. So the servants used to stay in a press bed just off the kitchen. But they were so scared of Corny that they begged Mrs. A to allow them to stay somewhere else in the house. Which I thought was unusual because normally when you hear servants' quarters in old houses, they would have to stay in the attic because it was the coldest part of the house. So I imagine staying next to the kitchen was probably a luxury at the time because all the fire would be in the kitchen. It'd be nice and toasty down there. So Mrs. A agrees to allow them to stay in the attic room of the house. And they were so relieved. So they packed up all their stuff. They put it up in the attic. And they go about the rest of the day. So the first night, they went to retire to the bed after the change. So after they changed rooms. And the doors of the press in the attic were flung open. And Corny's voice said, Ha ha, you devils, I'm here before you. I am not confined to any one part of this house. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. It's like such a specific taunt. Yeah. <laughs> He's such a bastard. You thought you had me trapped downstairs, but no, I can take it they, upstairs either. They seriously thought they were getting, like, away from Corny. And Corny bursts out of the attic, like, <laughs> press, <laughs> like something from the from the Conjuring. <laughs> I'm expecting, I, I, I'm picturing it like Beetlejuice. Like, he just shows up, like, Shota! Yeah, but they don't see him. They just hear his voice and he just, like, moves things. Um, 
They don't oh, actually please. see a physical ghost. So Corny's voice just like comes out of the press like Haha, <laughs> 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 you devils. <laughs> You know, you know what it's, it's reminding me of in a very roundabout way. Do you remember after Bertie Ahern wasn't Shock anymore, and he's just on that one ad for like the Daily Mail or something? No. And he's, he's in the cupboard. He's in the cupboard because he was doing he was like doing the reports on the sports or the horse racing or something. And he's just there. It cuts. They open up the the ward, the cupboard, the hot press, and he's standing there going, "Never thought I'd end up in here." What does that mean? I know. <laughs> Oh, it's so funny. I am not confined to any particular part of this house. See, he doesn't even have to be in the cold That's quite cellar. A threat, like, he just likes it down there. <laughs> <laughs> so bizarre. I, I don't even know where to start with Corny. That's what I'm going to say now. The next time someone goes, What are you doing here? I'm not confined to any one part of this house. <laughs> don't forget to burst the doors open, too. <laughs> yeah, just kick it in like Kool Aid, man. If you are enjoying the podcast, you can help it out. We have the Patreon up and running and it directly helps us. There you can get access to the Discord where we are always chatting and posting additional spooky things and spooky memes. That's at patreon.com forward slash paranormal hotline. You can also help us out for free by rating the podcast wherever you listen to it. It doesn't take long. It does go a long way to help. You can follow us on Spotify. That helps us and makes your life easier too. We are also on Twitter where you can follow us and stay up to date and see other spooky things we post. That's at Paranormal HL. We also now have an Instagram page. Where you can uh, follow us because we'll probably post more things there as well. I imagine once we go on a few uh, investigations and stuff, we'll be posting more pictures Mm. and little bits of evidence that we catch. So that'll be a good place to kind of follow more general stuff. Twitter's not the best for that, I find. But Instagram probably be a bit better. I find things get lost on Twitter very easily. Very easily, yeah. It's easier to post like a couple of sentences of text than it is to post images mm-hmm. so and instagram has the stories too yeah that's true it's got the reels so you can follow us on instagram that's just at paranormal hotline i think yep we're just paranormal hotline on instagram so relatives from the countryside used to bring presents of vegetables just to the family like at christmas time and stuff or whenever they were visiting they would bring like some vegetables some fresh stuff herbs and they would come in they would put it down the kitchen table in a basket they would go off into the to the drawing room or wherever they were doing their stuff. And then when the servants would come back into the kitchen, Corny would hang them around the kitchen like they were Christmas decorations. He would like <laughs> hang them off of doorknobs or wherever. So they just come in, there'd be like vegetables everywhere, all over the walls, hanging off of everything. Interior designer. He, yeah, he's a bit of a creative ghost. <laughs> there was one particular press in the kitchen that he would not allow anything into. Like if you put something in there, Corny would just push it back out again. He would just like throw it out of the press again. I don't know why this one particular press was so special to him, but it always had to be empty or Corny would throw it out. So you're gonna, <laughs> you're gonna love this part, right? Okay. So apparently Corny had a daughter and he would sometimes announce to the house, I am going to visit my daughter so I won't be here for the night. And then he would just be like gone for a night or two. That's very polite, you know, keeps his, his schedule well known. It's so weird. Like, I don't know if his daughter was alive or like also a ghost down the road or something or... But like, where where was his daughter? <laughs> was she also what, in Stephen's What if she is grief? alive and just like, he goes off and just bothers her for the night? Yeah, like, does that mean there's like I, some other house that Corny sometimes visits? It's <laughs> He's worse, in their like, Not only cellar. is it a ghost, it's my dad. <laughs> <laughs> He's throwing fish around the place and hanging <laughs> carrots off of doorknobs. <laughs> oh, Dad, would you quite know that, will you? 
I love Corny so much. But Corny, like, despite being dead, had quite the social life. <laughs> so the book says... <laughs> this is so funny. <laughs> I'm gonna start giggling all the way through it. On one occasion, he announced that he was going to be having company that evening. <laughs> and if they wanted any water out of the soft water tank, they'd better take it before going to bed, as he and his friends would be using it. <laughs> okay. Subsequently that night... Five or six distinct voices were heard, and the next morning, the water in the tank was all black as soot. And not alone that, but the bread and the butter in the pantry had streaks with the marks of sooty fingerprints. <laughs> what? So, <laughs> what were they up? <laughs> Corny and his friends were like having drinks in the cool cellar or something. <laughs> and then, like you know, when you're you're drunk and you just go off looking for water and sandwiches, <laughs> they just help themselves. Got their little sooty fingers and everything. Check it out, there's butter here. Mm. You know, he's not the worst roommate ever, though. At least he had the common decency to tell people he was going going to be using the water. But the water, you said it was from the tank. Were they just up there, like, swimming around? I'd assume it was just, like, where they stored the water at the time. Because this is probably, like, this is, like, early 1900s. I assume they just had, like, a water bucket. And that was their water tank. There could have been a degree of plumbing, I think. I think there could have been. Like... Like I don't know, going on a right dead knowledge him and, here. Him and the lads in the coal the coal bunker, you know, having having the crack, having the party, the session. Yeah. And he goes, lads, you never get this. They're just after installing this hot tub upstairs. <laughs> Do you know what I'm picturing? I'm picturing like the uncles from Casper. Like <laughs> that kind of ghost. <laughs> just like eating all the butter and stuff, just falling through them onto the floor. Rowdy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so a clergyman got wind of Corny's behavior and wanted to witness it for himself. So he got in touch with Mrs. A, and who told him to dress in normal clothes or else Corny would not speak to him. So he kind of just tried to dress as normal as possible, didn't announce that he was like a clergyman coming into the house, just came as kind of like a family friend or whatever. <laughs> so he shows up at the house and after a couple of hours of trying to taunt Corny to talk to him, um, he hears nothing, nothing at all. So he leaves. And after he leaves, the servant asked Corny why he would not speak. And Corny said, I could not speak while that good man was in the house. Hmm. Very strange. Uh, The servants asked Corny where he was, which is a strange question, where he was. And he responded... He's not confined to any one part of the house. Yeah, yeah. I think they meant like more like a spiritual sense. Like, you know, are you dead? Are you in heaven? Are you in the purgatory or whatever? So they asked him where he was. And Corny responded, The great God would not permit me to tell you. I was a bad man and I died the death. You died the death. Died the death. What was Corny up to, man? I was a bad man and I died the death. <laughs> like he's... Like that's probably one of the most terrifying things he's ever said. <laughs> yeah. That, that, you know. There's but implications there. The great God would not permit me to tell you. I don't know. Something funky there, man. Corny's missing his handbook for the recently deceased. He is. He does not know how to pass on. <laughs> yeah. So apparently if people were having conversations in the kitchen, sometimes Corny would just join them. Like, as if he was a normal living person. Like, he he would just interrupt conversations. Like, someone could be talking about, oh, some weather we're having today or something. And Corny would be like, yeah, it's pissing out, isn't it? (laughs) You know, like, you just never knew when it was going to come out of the cellar. And it it would scare the servants, like, a lot. (laughs) Because you can imagine that would be pretty terrifying. Just some fella just worming his way into your conversation. Yeah, exactly. Um, he had his likes and his dislikes. 
So apparently he disliked anyone who wasn't afraid of him. So if you weren't scared of Horny, he didn't really like you that much and he wouldn't speak to you that much. But uh, Mrs. C's mother, so Mrs. C was actually the person who informed... No, Mrs. C was the woman who informed the author of the story. Okay, okay. So it was her mother used to get on good with him. So she actually, the person who told the author about this story's mother used to get on well with Corny. There was an uncle who tried to get him to speak one night, took the kitchen poker and hammered at the door of the coal cellar saying, I'll make you speak. But Corny wouldn't speak to him. The next morning... (laughs) This is like, yeah, this is when Corny gets a little bit too much, to be honest. So the next morning, the poker was found broken in two. So it'd be completely split in two, which is not easy to do for a poker. No, no. They're like iron, aren't they normally? Yeah, Yeah. it's forged iron, yeah. The uncle used to wear spectacles and (laughs) Corny used to call him four eyes. Like, he used to refer to him as Four Eyes. An uncle named Richard, who came to sleep one night, complained in the morning that the clothes were pulled off him in his sleep. And Corny... (laughs) Corny told the servants with great glee, I slept on Mr. Richard's feet all night. (laughs) So he stripped him... He stripped this uncle of all of his clothes and slept on his feet. That's, uh, yeah, that's not welcome. That's so bizarre. Like, what? That's very odd. I'm starting to think Corny was a dog or something. (laughs) Like... That's just unusual behavior. Written and directed by Quentin Tarantino. (laughs) Yeah, super weird, man. So Corny only manifested himself in material form for two people ever. The first person saw Corny and then died of fright immediately. Oh, God. (laughs) Yeah, and another time he appeared to a seven-year-old boy. The seven-year-old later described him to his mom as a naked man with a curl on his forehead and a skin like a clothes horse. What does that mean? What? I have no idea. Explain it to me because I don't know. Clothes like a... Skin like a clothes horse. You you know what a clothes horse is. It's like the thing you dry your clothes on, right? Yeah. That's the right thing, right? Is he he very skinny? I don't know if he has like... Because if he's a ghost, is his like skin hanging off of him you know like a- I'm trying I'm trying to think what sort of clothes horse they had back in the day like I don't know I'm gonna look it up no it still doesn't make sense to me <laughs> no that makes no no sense it makes less sense actually um, is, it, is it that he's very bony like you know I don't know because he doesn't say his frame is like a, as a clothes horse his skin is like skin. a clothes horse so I wonder if he has like patchy skin that's different colors and like some of it hanging off of him maybe or, or is it like you know it's very yeah, I don't know either way totally inappropriate to expose yourself to a seven year old child yeah even if dead, you're dead or not yeah especially if you're dead actually like I don't know if he can control it like can he uh, control who he appears in front of because I feel like if he was going to kill anyone with fright he'd kill the four eyes guy who threatened him <laughs> with the poker? Stayed, stayed in 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 the in in, in the, the coal bunker. <laughs> yeah. yeah, shocked he wasn't covered in soot or something. The kid didn't describe yeah. that. And a curl on his forehead, like fucking Superman or something. I was gonna say like Clark Kent. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> corny man, just corny. Uncalled for. Uncalled for. Yeah, I have no idea what that means. How can you have skin like a clothes horse? It doesn't make any sense. So Mister A was kind of fed up with the ghost and decided it was time to sell the house. But they were struggling to find a seller because every mm. time somebody came to look at the house, Corny would act up and start scaring people. <laughs> Always making himself known when somebody was in the house looking at it to buy. He made it very clear that he did not want the house to be sold. He sold, told them if they sell it to somebody else that he will kick up a storm 
and uh, he'll be throwing rocks around the place and shit. He was not happy about the idea of them selling. I think he kind of liked the family, to be honest. Kind of seems like he did. Mm-hmm. So eventually, Mrs. A had a word with him, and he agreed to let them sell the house. Corny said, Mrs. A, you will be all right now, for I see a lady in black coming up the street to this house, and she will buy it. Within a half an hour, a widow called and purchased the house. The author wrote, possibly Corny is still there, for our informant looked up the directory and as he was writing and found the house marked vacant. So at the time of this book was written, the house was still vacant. Now, this is over a hundred years ago, so the chances of the house in St. Stephen's Green, Dublin, still being vacant is very unlikely. (laughs) Unlikely. Is it still there? Also questionable. Yeah, that's another question. Um, Most of the houses that are in St. Stephen's Green are still there. The old red brick houses. Yeah, protected, I think. So, well, to a degree, or, well, they don't want to break them up. They're worth more, I'd say. So I think I might know which building it is. I've done a bit of investigation today. Uh, to be honest, I've been looking for the house for a couple of years now, and I've been going through a lot of uh, documents and trying to figure out through... I don't want to say which way I was looking it up because I don't want anybody to repeat it because I don't know if this is the actual house. So I you, won't you say... You don't want to dox corny. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, maybe next time we're in Dublin, I might go knocking on the door, go asking for corny. Yeah. Seriously, though, I would love to do an investigation in that house. Imagine making contact with good. corny. <laughs> Can you imagine? No, in my luck, though, it'll be, be the one day that he's off visiting his daughter. <laughs> it's like written, written in, in the in the thought. <laughs> um, so what do you think of the story of Corny the Ghost? I love it. I, lo- I love how much of a bastard he is. He's really a bastard, isn't he? <laughs> but I don't think I've what, ever what? heard a ghost story like that before, you know? No. I've never heard, you know, where he's all out. Like, yeah, The literally. whole time. Well, he's not out all the time. I don't think, uh, like, sometimes he wouldn't speak for, like, a week or two and stuff like that, you know? It wasn't like he was all the time in the kitchen and they could just be like, well, Corny, what are you up to? He'd be like, well, boys. Yeah. But, uh, but I mean, like, all of his content is great content. Yeah. <laughs> is what I mean, you know? You're constantly getting the best of. You really are. It's so funny. I still just love that I'm not confined to any one part of this house. <laughs> Some great zingers there. <laughs> Imagine if you had a ghost like that in your house nowadays, though. You'd have some TikTok account. Imagine the views you'd get. So what do you think? Real or not real? For corn, for, real for all Carney the ghost. 100%. I, w- I can't wait to meet him. Yeah. It's I one of two that. buildings that I think it is. One of the buildings is office buildings. I was going to say, can you imagine being in the office and, and Corny like coming for you? But can you imagine? <laughs> he just like, steals being your work that? and you start crying. And then he's like, here you go. Yeah. Your taxes, you fool. <laughs> Throws it across. What are you blubbering over? Just one of my favorite ghosts. Full of soot. Absolute divilment. Divilment, that's the word. He's a... The word I was going to use earlier to describe him, if I had to say it to him, I'd call him a toe rag. A toe rag? <laughs> that's what he is. I think he's more of a scallywag, to be honest. A scallywag, yeah, perhaps. <laughs> he's a major nuisance, is what he is. He is. Um, we've no idea how he died, either. He, he didn't say. Um, I, I, I always wondered if he died in the coal bunker, because it would make sense that... Oh, perhaps, perhaps. But he did say he was not... You know, he didn't have to stay in the coal bunker. He just seemed to stay nope. there anyway. Um, very strange that his voice always sounded like kind of echoed. Like it was coming from a barrel. Yeah, echoey and muffledy. Yeah. Hmm. 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 Why was he always nude? I don't know. Can you put go- Can you put ghost clothing on? I hope so. Do you think all of his friends were in the nude as well? Or were they just having a big, like, spectral orgy? <laughs> I like to think it was the lads from the Hellfire Club just having an afterlife <laughs> meeting. <laughs> 
That makes sense, right? I feel like it's one of those houses that they it would does, live yeah, in yeah. too. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, you can you can meet up. Like. <laughs> Here, I'll be having company later, lads. Drink the water now before it's all gone. <laughs> before we make a mess of that. <laughs> Honestly, I've had worse roommates. <laughs> he doesn't sound that bad. Other than, other than the worst thing he did was stripping that man naked while he was asleep and exposing himself to a, a child. <laughs> which, which are two pretty bad things. <laughs> They're to do. pretty. They're pretty big I'm red putting flags. Putting that down on the record. Yeah. But aside from that. Aside from that. He'd be he'd be the crack one. I don't know if I'd want one in my house though. No, I I will I will straight up say I don't. Okay. Well, next time we're in Stevens Green, maybe we'll hand out some some flyers and be like, "Have you seen this <laughs> <Have> man?" You- <laughs> <laughs> we'll draw a really crude redrawing of a, a clothes horse with a curl on its head. Yeah, some descriptions. Is there like yeah, skin like a clothes horse. <laughs> Sooty fingers, <laughs> skin like a clothes Sooty. horse. Curl on Likes the forehead. Butter. <laughs> Loves butter. Loves fish. <laughs> and vegetables. Um, if, if you or your relatives know what skin like a clothes horse means, do write us. Yes, please. Um, that is all I have on Corny the Ghost, guys. If you have any ghost stories of your own, send them in to us at paranormalhotlinepodcast at gmail.com. And like I said earlier, we have an Instagram set up now, too. Hooray! Hooray! So you can go and like that now too. Uh, we'll probably post more pictures, like I said, and videos from investigations there. So if that's of interest to you, definitely check it out. And thanks for joining us. And I hope you enjoy the rest of your week. Goodbye. Bye-bye.